Good morning. Scripture reading this morning is John 1, verses 9 through 13 on page 9 of your worship folder. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is the word of the Lord. He didn't do that on purpose. That's fine. Well, a few weeks ago, we were starting this series and we talked about Christmas music. And I'm sure that that music is in the background of everything that you do now. By the time you're driving in your car or you're in the shops or maybe even in your house or walking down the street, there's a Christmas tune playing somewhere, somehow. In my house, what also happens to be in the background are Christmas movies. I actually haven't been paying attention to many of them or sat down to watch any of them, but maybe too often than I'd like to admit, there are children somewhere watching Christmas movies. Just sitting there watching them, they're doing other things, they're participating, they're helping build things, but there's Christmas movies going on, and so there there might be, you know, Elf with Will Ferrell playing, or there might be Die Hard with uh, Bruce Willis playing, or not, not a Christmas movie, actually. Bruce Willis has said it's not a Christmas movie. He said it's not a Christmas movie, it's a Bruce Willis movie. That's what Bruce Willis said about that movie, so... One of the movies that continues to play in the background at our house is a movie called The Santa Claus with this seminal actor of our age. His name just left me. Wow. Tim Allen. Thank you. Tim Roberts was the name running around in my head. I just knew that was wrong. Tim Allen. Tim Allen plays a man that's an advertising agent and... He happens to have see Santa on the roof, scares Santa, Santa falls, Santa disintegrates, Tim Allen puts on the Santa outfit and all of a sudden begins to transform into Santa. Now, one of the things that is happening in this movie, and I'm sorry if you haven't seen this movie, uh, again, I don't mind giving out spoilers and it's on you, it's been out a long time, uh, is... There are a group of people who believe, and there are a group of people who don't believe. Now, actually, Scott, which is Tim Allen's character, doesn't believe in the beginning. He doesn't believe it's even possible for this to actually be happening. But then there's a point where he does come to believe, and probably because he has to shave every morning and every night, and his belly just continues to increase, and he begins to form this you know, vision of what we think Santa Claus is like. And slowly but surely, there are people throughout the movie who begin to believe, and, and they need him to believe because he actually gets put in jail, and, and they need to break him out of jail so that Christmas can happen around the world. And there's this real distinct difference between those who believe and those who don't believe. Well, that's kind of where we're at in this part of the prologue. In this part of the prologue, we're at this place where there is a call and a separation. 
There are those who believe and there are those who don't believe. It reminds us that the light is coming into the world. This light, which is Jesus, this light, which is the word that was with God from the beginning, that actually is God, that becomes flesh, that this Jesus, this light comes into the world. Present, active, showing forth, as Colossians remind us, everything that is God. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. This light shines. The light that gives life. But it tells us this. That he comes into the world, the world that he created, that he spoke into existence, and the world does not, what? Does not know him. Then he comes to his own people, these people that God, before the foundation of the world, had chosen. He said, I want you to usher in. I want you to show the rest of the world who I am. He comes to the nation of Israel. These chosen people by God, these people that God had said, I want you to be my representative. I want you to show what... My mercy, what my grace, what my steadfast love is like in the world. Now, they did a terrible job at that, mind you. But that was the desire. And as Jesus, the light, comes to his own people, his own people don't receive him. But. Now, buts are good, but buts can be scary. It means that there's a transition. It means that there's something different that's about to happen. It also means that there's a separation between what has come before and what is coming. So there are those in the world who don't know. There are those in the world who don't receive. But to all who do receive, to those who believe, he's given them the right to become children of God. Now, this is not about us becoming who we're supposed to be. This is about us beginning to recognize who God is. But in that, we begin to discover who we're supposed to be. Let's think through this. When we're walking in this place, we recognize that the world, what? Doesn't know him. So as we begin to encounter Christ, as we begin to encounter the light of the world that, that comes to give light to all, the first thing that needs to happen is there has to be recognition. So when it says here that the world did not know him, even though the world knew was made by him, the world didn't know him, there's a place of recognition. Oh, this is our creator. Right? Recognizing this is the one who's put all this together. This is the one who's made this possible. So for those of you who might be here and you're trying to walk this, this journey with Christ and trying to discover what it means and you're wanting to know is my heart being awakened to something that's greater than me in some form or fashion that I don't quite understand, know that the first step is not being like the world and not knowing. The first step is acknowledging, is knowing, saying there is something about this Jesus. There, there's something that is going on here in this person that's revealing something to my heart that, I, that I've not known, that, that is transforming my mind in a way that I don't quite understand. That There's something about this. He's different than every other teacher. He's different than every other person. He's, he's different than anybody else in all of history that's ever been encountered. 
Why? Because he's the creator of the world. And as the world comes and sees him, they either know him or they don't. And they acknowledge. That's true for those of us who've been walking this path. Those of us who've been walking with Christ. There are times in our lives where we'll get to the place where we don't want to recognize and acknowledge Jesus. We want to say, maybe, maybe you are the creator, but I don't think you made this mess over here. I don't know that you were involved in this. Or I'm not quite sure you made me. <laughs> because, because I don't like me. I don't like what's going on in my life. And so the first thing that happens to us when we experience the light, we have to move to a place of acknowledgement. Saying, this is Jesus. This is truth. The second thing that happens when we experience this light, after we move to acknowledgement, as we move to receiving. Right? There's a, a place of acceptance. This sort of thing. Okay. If you're the creator of the world, if you're Jesus, the one who shows me who God is, if you're the light that gives life, then I've acknowledged that, I see that, so now I need to actually take that in. I need to move to the place where I say, if that's the truth, then I want to have that truth come into my heart and I want to have it impact me. I, I want to have an experience with it that's going to move me in a different direction. I want to acknowledge, first of all, that you are who you say you are, and then I'm going to receive that as being important to me. Because there's a lot of people who will acknowledge that Jesus is something special. But it's then saying that in that specialness, in that uniqueness, there is something more and deeper. And so I need to receive it. I need to take it in. That looks different for many of us. There's a place where some of us have been, I'm third generation pastor. <laughs> It'd be really difficult if you look through my life not to have heard this messages over and over and over again. And sometimes I worry about my own children, that they hear these stories, they hear these songs, they hear these things over, and I, I wonder and I wait. And there was a time in my life where I thought, I'm going to discover, I'm going to find something else unique and different and see how that impacts me. And so I, I reached out to look at other things, at other places. For whatever reason, I still thought that I needed to have faith in something. And in that searching, there always returned to me a void. It just, in my accepting it, didn't transform me, didn't change me, didn't make me something that I was supposed to be. If anything, it just helped me justify the way that I was and how I liked myself. If anything, it gave me the ability to go, yeah, I know that my dad and mom think this is wrong. I know that the church I go to think this is wrong. I, I, I know that most of my friends think this is wrong, but I like it. And this allows me to believe it's true. And so there was a place where I moved from just the acknowledgement to actually receiving it, to saying, I want to know you. Right? I want to know who you are. I, I want to get to know you. And that meant spending time 
with Jesus. That meant spending time with Jesus's people who sometimes aren't that fun to spend time with. But they walked with me and cared for me and loved me. So those are the first two things that we do as we're walking in this path. But then, <laughs> but then there's one step more. We acknowledge, we receive, and then we believe. Believing is trusting. It's saying, if I were a betting man, I'd put all my chips in on you. It's saying, if, if I have to choose between life and death, and you're the only way to get over it, I, I'm going to choose you. That I'm putting all of what I have, everything that I own, all of into you. I'm going to believe. I'm going to take in. I'm going to hold as the truth what you teach. I'm going to, I'm going to try with all of my physical might, with all of my mental acuity, I'm going to try to hold the breadth and depth of your love. And I'm going to believe that you are who you say you are. So when Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm going to say, yes, you're the way. Show me what that means. <laughs> that when he says, I'm the truth, I'm going to say, yes, you're the truth. Transform the things that are true in me that don't align with your truth. I'm going to say, you are life. And so anything outside of you will smell of death. It will not lead me to the place of flourishing and peace that you have given. And so we move to that place of saying, I need to believe. And yet we're often like that man who encounters Jesus and says, help me in my unbelief. Help me to believe more. I need you to walk with me, to inspire my heart and my mind to believe that you are, in fact, the light that gives light to the world. And what do we receive in this? When we recognize God for who he is, when we see that Christ is the pure image of God, come down in flesh for us, that is that life. What we do is we move from just being an image bearer of God to being a child of God. Now this is hard a little bit because there's still division here. When God created the world, when he makes man and woman, he makes them in his image. He says, I, we will make man and woman in, his, in our image. That means that every human made holds the image of God. That within them, they are image bearers. And it's great to be an image bearer. We do it poorly sometimes. But it's good to be an image bearer. That means that those things that are God, we're reflective of God's creativity. Look around the room. We, we are, he's pretty creative. We are reflective of God's mercy when we have compassion and care. We are reflective of God's justice. We are reflective of God's love. But it's just a reflection. And all humanity has that capability. All humanity has the ability to be that mirror that shines forth an image of God. Yet, to those who believe, 
there's a transition from being only an image bearer to being a child of God. If you were to look in a mirror, you would see yourself. That image. And, and it would be somewhat distorted because no mirror is perfect. Right? But it would be there. And if you walked away, it would be gone. You walk back, you would be there. Right? So when, when we are our image bearers of God, we are showing forth God when we are showing forth His image. When we're not, we're not His image bearer. My children don't look at all like me. And in the areas that they do look like me, they're very sad. But those places don't leave. They are my children. They have my DNA within them. It cannot change. And they are part of my family. And there is a connection there that goes beyond the mirror. And as we believe, we move from being just this image bearer that sometimes we're showing forth to being a family member, which means we are always representing God. We are always representing what family we're a part of. That's the reason why my dad would always say when I would leave the house, remember whose you are and who you are. What he meant by that is you're God's and you're a hinkle. When we move to this place of believing, then we become children of God. And all that that entails, children of God means that we'll be disciplined by God. <laughs> it means that he will walk into our lives and he'll want to take the things that are evil. He'll want to take the things that will break us and put us in bondage. And he will want to get rid of them. And so he will show them forth. He will allow us to recognize them so that we can repent and so that we can be made new. It means that we are heirs, which means we get what Jesus has. An intimacy with the Father that no one else does except through Him. That we are so loved by God that He would give Himself so that we could become His children. That we have promises that we can hold on to and believe. Knowing that even now there's a battle going on. Keeping those promises from happening. And believing that God is more powerful than those. And in his day, in God's perfect timing, it will be made new as it always was. And it's in that recognition of believing that joy happens.
That we know times are hard, that we know we will struggle, that we know it's even hard for us to believe. But when we believe, we have joy because we have been made into who we always were supposed to be. We've been recrafted into being the children of God, that God before the foundation of the world set forth to say, I will make them in my image so that they can have relationship with me. There's one character in the Santa Claus who is, I can't remember because there's like eight Santa Clauses, if Neil is actually married in the, in the first one to Scott's ex-wife or if they're dating. But he absolutely does not believe that Scott could possibly be Santa. There is no way. I mean, Scott's a terrible person. Why? And, and, and Neil... Uh, it, it, that's the character's name. He, he is a, a kind, generous person. But there's no way Santa's real anyway. So, right, like it couldn't happen. And all he wanted was a hot dog whistle at one point when he was a little boy. And towards the end of the movie, Scott slash Santa shows up into that house because that's where his son is, Charlie, and he wants to see his son on Christmas Eve. And he looks and he passes out as he's flying away on his sled, this little parachute, and this little parachute comes down and it lands in Neil's hands. And Neil looks at it and he recognizes it as this little hot dog whistle. And he looks up. And he says with such glee, Santa? When we move from acknowledgement to receiving to believing, we will see God as who he's always been to us in Christ. And in that, we will also know ourselves. Let me pray for us. Let us hear your words today. Let us know that you are truth. Let us rest in the joy that you provide. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.